Healthy Hacker, episode 14. Welcome to The Healthy Hacker, where we talk about programming, puzzles, memory fitness diet, and everything else that you, a healthy hacker, find interesting. I'm Chris Hunt, and this week, I'm going to share a really powerful technique so that you never forget a name again, ever, I promise. So yesterday, I just got back from a conference in Buenos Aires, RubyConf Argentina, and it was probably one of the most fun talks ever that I have done, and everybody there was so amazing. The lighting was extremely dramatic. There was spotlight coming down, and these two bright red banners on either side of the stage up there, and I felt like I was a a DJ putting on a light show or something. It was really cool. The talk I got to do while I was down there was how to solve the Rubik's Cube blindfolded, which is really cool, and I know of at least two people from that conference that have already now solved the Ruby's Cube blindfolded just from that 30-minute talk, which is amazing. There's no way that I could have learned how to solve the Ruby's Cube that quickly. Anyways, a large component of solving the Ruby's Cube blindfolded is memorizing the Ruby's Cube so that when you put on the blindfold, you actually know what you need to do to the cube because you can't see it anymore, right? So a lot of the questions I got after the talk were about memory in general, not specific to the Rubik's Cube, but just how can we take these memory techniques, the ones that we use to memorize the cube, and use them to memorize useful bits of information, stuff that we would want to use on a day-to-day basis. I mean, solving the cube blindfolded is cool and all, but how can I actually use my memory to memorize stuff that actually matters? That's not a party trick. Well, the only thing that I can think of today that's truly useful to memorize is names. Because when you see a person that you know or that you just met and you want to remember their name, you can't just pull out your phone and look it up. There's not a good way to search for that and you just don't have the time to do it, right? You have a few seconds when you see the person, you need to remember their name so that you can say hello. So today, I want to share a really easy technique to memorize anybody's name and you can start using it today. There's no practice required, no setup required, no nothing. You can Literally shut off this podcast, go outside, introduce yourself to somebody new, and then not forget their name ever again. It's really cool. I've been using it for a while, and I think you're going to get a lot out of it. So let me get into that. But before we do, of course, let's do the workout of the week. The workout of the week is a section where I like to take a workout that I've done recently or seen recently or heard about or thought was cool, and I share it with you, and hopefully sometime this next week or in the future, if you don't have time this week, you get a chance to try it out. And I'm going to have to try it out too. So this week's workout is one of the scariest workouts that I've ever seen written down on a whiteboard before doing it. And it's called the Murph. Okay. This is a workout in CrossFit that's known as a hero workout. And hero workouts are based on some heroic figure, usually in the military, that's done something in a battle or political or something of significance, and the workout's been named after them. And all of these hero workouts are epic, just like the hero. They involve a large amount of weight or a large number of reps or just some crazy stuff that you wouldn't do in a normal workout. So the Murph is the only hero workout that I've been able to try so far, and I've done it 
more than 10 times now because it's really good for travel and it's one of those workouts that if you feel like you've been kind of slow throughout the week and you just want to totally destroy yourself for a half an hour or an hour or two hours, depending on how comfortable these movements are for you, it's a really good workout for that. You'll get done and you'll feel like you don't need to work out for the next day or so. So let me tell you about the Murph. Here's how it works. For this workout, you're going to need a pull-up bar. So this can be at a gym if you want to, but a lot of times I try to find a pull-up bar outside. It can even be a lamppost or a tree or a soccer goalpost. Sometimes you can also find an actual outdoor park, and they have those in San Francisco and Portland, two places I've lived that have outdoor pull-up bars. So find a pull-up bar somewhere if you can, and then it's time for the workout. So this workout starts with a one-mile run. When you finish that one-mile run, you want to be at the location that has your pull-up bar. So you can do a lap at a track, or you can just start a mile away from your pull-up bar. Once you've ran a mile, you now need to do 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, and 300 air squats. And an air squat is just doing a squat with no weight, just body weight. So you go down as low as you can and then stand up again. That's an air squat. So this is a lot of reps, right? And after you finish those, the 100 pull-ups, the 200 push-ups, and the 300 air squats, then you finish the workout with another mile run, and then you're done. So like I said, this is going to be brutal. And for me, I've done this several times, and I've got it down to a half an hour. But the first time I did it, it took me substantially longer. So don't worry about doing this quickly. Like I said, it's one of those workouts you get done, and you just feel like an amazing person. So the most common way to do this workout is to not just do 100 pull-ups, then 200 push-ups, then 300 squats in that order. You can break it up however you want. So the most common way I think of doing this workout, the way that I do it, is to do 20 sets of 5 pull-ups, 10 push-ups, and 15 air squats. And that's going to give you all the reps. You can break these up however you want, but just doing like 200 push-ups straight or 100 pull-ups straight or 300 air squats straight is going to be almost impossible for most people. So break it up into smaller sets and distribute the work until you finally completed all the reps. As usual, I'll have videos in the show notes, which you can find at healthyhacker.com slash 14. So if any of these movements are new to you, that should help. If you can't do a pull-up, if that's just impossible for you right now, I'll have some modifications you can do as well. The most common is to just find a bar that's a lot lower, like maybe waist height or even knee height, and do what's called a row. So you get below the bar and kind of hang down with your arms and then pull your chest up to the bar and then bring your chest back down again. So it's almost like a pull-up, except you're not pulling up, you're pulling forward. If that sounds like your situation, I'll have a video on there that should help you figure that out. Have fun. The Murph is a really cool workout. So like I said in the beginning of the show, names is one of those things that we all forget. And it's kind of like this accepted thing where we can just forget each other's names. And if you don't see someone for a couple days or you just met someone yesterday and then you see them again, usually the second or third or fourth time you see this person, you apologize and you say, oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot your name. What was it again? And you're like, oh, right. Yeah, that's right. I remember. Ah, uh, thanks. Sorry about that. We all just are okay with forgetting each other's names because it's so common and everybody does it. But if you're the kind of person who can actually remember the name of people you meet 
especially if those people are people you just met or they're people that you haven't seen in a while. It makes you look amazing. People don't necessarily think, wow, this person has an amazing memory, but they think, wow, this person really cares about me. Like They remember my name. They, I had such an impact on this person that you know, a week ago or when we had that short conversation in the elevator, they still remember my name. Wow, they, I really like this person. Remembering someone's name is not just nice because you aren't embarrassed <laughs> the next time you see them, which is a big reason why I like to remember names, just to save myself the embarrassment. But it has an even larger impact on the person you're talking to because they really, really think you care about them. Another nice thing about being able to memorize names is it gives you something to do when you're at a social event and you're not having a good time. So for me, when I go to an event with a bunch of people and it's really loud and I find it difficult to carry on conversations, but I still want to be there because there are a few people I'm trying to meet or it's a party and I want to just be nice to people, you know, show up and say, hey, I may or may not be having an amazing time, but just trying to go around and meet as many people as I can and memorize their names makes the event fun for me. It's a way to practice. I feel like I'm doing something and I get to meet more people that way too because I'm genuinely interested in meeting as many people as possible just so I can practice memorizing names. And it's not just useful at, you know, random social events. It's good for conferences where you're going to meet hundreds of people potentially in a couple days while you're there. If you're starting a new job, it's nice. You don't have to keep asking for people's names or keep looking in the company directory so you're not embarrassed when you go have a meeting and you don't know anybody in the meeting. If you go to the same coffee shop every day, I go to the same coffee shop every day. It's awesome to be able to know the barista's name or, at, or the checkers at the grocery store, or the butchers at the grocery store, or even if you're a bad friend and you forget your friend's name, you know, that would be embarrassing too. So you can apply these skills in lots of different ways. And memorizing names is probably one of the few things that in this day and age with cell phones and computers, all these things that store notes for us, memorizing names is probably one of the only things that we still need to memorize, that's still useful to memorize, that we can use every day and it's not just a gimmick, it's actually something useful for your memory. So before I started applying these skills, typically when I met somebody, it would go like this. I'd show up at a conference, I see somebody I wanna talk to or someone's walking towards me and I can feel that they're about to start a conversation. The first thing that happens is I reach my hand out, I shake their hand and I'm like, hey, how's it going? I'm Chris. And they're like, hey, I'm Aaron or I'm Wendy or I'm Doug or whatever. And five seconds later, literally five seconds, maybe even less than that, I've completely forgotten their name. And everybody I've met has described this same situation. They meet somebody and almost instantaneously, they don't remember their name. And it's so embarrassing. You know, you shake their hand, get their name, and then 10 seconds into the conversation, you're like, I'm really sorry, but I've already forgotten your name. Can you tell me your name again? Thanks. Well, here's the best tip you're going to hear for memorizing names. And this applies to this scenario exactly. Your memory is not that bad. Nobody's memory is that bad. Nobody's memory forgets something in five seconds. Nobody. The only reason that we forget names that quickly when we're meeting somebody is because we never actually heard the name. We weren't listening. You know, when we're walking up to somebody new, we're thinking about how, how's our hair look? How, is there something in my teeth? Wow, look at that person's shoes. Or wow, that person's staring at me awkwardly. This is really weird. We're not in the moment, we're not paying attention to what's about to happen. We're focusing on so many other things that when we reach our hand out and we introduce ourselves and this person says their name, we don't actually hear their name. So more than anything else, the biggest tip that I can give for memorizing names 
is to actually pay attention to the person when they tell you their name. And this sounds really obvious, but just thinking about this, whenever I go up to somebody, if I'm focusing on trying to hear their name and trying to actually absorb what they tell me and pronounce it maybe in my mind, just that alone, without doing any other techniques, has vastly improved my ability to remember people's names. So if I'm walking up to somebody, the only thing I'm thinking about is, what is that person's name? What is that person's name? What is that person's name? And right when we shake hands, all I'm thinking about is what is that person's name? I hear it and try to remember it without using any special fancy techniques, and that has helped me more than anything else alone. So we've all had that experience, right, forgetting things after five seconds, but sometimes we've been intentional about hearing the name. We've really thought about it. We've we listened carefully. We may have even said it in, in our mind, you know, repeated it a few times or something, and we still forget the name. It's not there anymore. We lose it. You know, we see this person in the grocery store a few weeks later, and it's, yeah, it's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember exactly what that name was. And oftentimes we'll leave the grocery store having avoided this person because we forgot their name. And then a couple hours later, you know, we'll be walking down the street or doing something totally different and boom, their name comes back to our memory, right? So it was there the whole time. We just didn't know how to find it. So a really cool story, there's this guy named Ron White and he is the two-time USA memory champion. I don't think he won this last year, but he's won a couple times. And one of the things he's really good at is memorizing names. And he's got a couple of videos on YouTube where he talks about this, gives his technique that he uses. And one of those techniques is the technique that I'm going to talk about today. But he has this great analogy for memories. And I'm going to share that with you now because this really clicked for me. So imagine that you work in an office all by yourself. You're, this is your imagination. So you're super rich, you know, you're bajillion millionaire, if that's a number, you have a giant office and you have a receptionist right outside your office. You're constantly getting appointments. So you got that receptionist out there. Your receptionist just happens to be a robot. I mean, you can make a receptionist whoever you want, it's your imagination. But for me, I'm just going to imagine because I'm rich, my receptionist is a purple robot. And what this receptionist does is it just sits outside the door and anytime anyone comes up to meet me at my office, the receptionist gets their name and gets their phone number, and then it'll barge in through my door, and it'll print that information on a little receipt. And then I can read the receipt and be like, oh, okay, I know this person. They can come in, or I have no idea who this person is. But usually throughout the day, there's so many people coming up to the door trying to talk to me because I'm really rich in this giant office, and I've got all these people that want to ask me questions or whatever. And the robot is just coming in the room constantly, spitting out all these paper receipts. And they're just landing on the floor, piling up. Some over in the corner, some in the middle, some are on my desk, some are on the chair. And when a person finally does come in the room, because I have the time, I know I've got their name somewhere. It's somewhere in here on the floor and all these receipts on the ground here that my robot has printed. And I just freak out, and I'm looking around, I'm digging in the papers, I'm trying to find it. Oh, is it over here? When did I get it? I don't know. Is this it? Is this it? Is this it? Is this it? And I'm just freaking out, trying to find this person's name so I don't have to have this awkward conversation of not knowing their name when they've already given it to me. Well, our memories are just like that. They're just like the pieces of paper all over the ground. When we meet somebody, it goes one ear, and boom, hits the floor of our memory. We meet another person, we hear that name, and boom, hits the floor of our memory. We hear a great talk at a conference, or we start writing a grocery list, or whatever. 
All that stuff goes in our ear, it goes in our brains, and boom, hits the ground and it's just sitting there. It's in there, it hasn't gone anywhere, but it's all stacked on top of each other in corners of our brain, however you want to visualize this. The memories are there, but we don't know where they are. So when we finally see a person and we want to remember their name, it feels like it's right on the tip of our tongue. And we we know we know the name, but we just, we can't recall it for some reason. We can't find it in that mess. And a trick that a lot of us do, instinctually maybe, I don't know, is we close our eyes and we imagine, where did we meet this person? What what were we doing? What conversation were we having? Uh, you know, what I, how, where do I know this person from? Everybody I've talked to, and I do this too, we, we all do this when we forget something. We kind of close our eyes and try to put ourselves back in that situation and imagine where we know this person from. And a lot of the times, if we can remember that, if we can remember that we know this person from work, or we met them at RubyConf in Portland, Oregon, or we met them at the cafe, if we can remember that and what time we met them and where we were standing, all the other details come rushing back to our memories. If we were standing in the cafe, we might remember the weather even, the time of the day, the drink we were drinking, how much the drink costs because it was expensive. You know, being able to remember one detail to bring us back to when we actually heard that person's name is enough to put us back in that situation and bring back everything about that person and their name. So the trick to being able to recall people's names when you see them without freaking out and digging through all these random memories and things you've learned throughout your lifetime, just being able to remember this person's name, is to have an anchor or a place to attach that name so that you can instantly go there and remember everything about this person, including their name. So Ron White likes to take this memory analogy even further and say that, you know, all these memories are just papers sitting on the floor of our brain. And every time we need to recall something, we're frantically digging around trying to find the right name or the right number or the right color or whatever it is that we've learned, whatever it is that we've remembered. And if we only had a file for those papers, a place that we can look to find the specific memory that we're looking for, then we can recall them instantly and not have to frantically search and freak out and imagine ourselves back where we were when we met this person. So instead of having this dirty, messy brain of papers everywhere, turn it into a filing cabinet, and every time you hear something that you want to memorize, create a file for it and put that memory in the file so you know exactly where to look for it next time you want to recall it. So we're going to learn his technique now for memorizing names, and he has four steps that he uses. The four steps are focus, file, picture, and glue. Four steps again are focus, file, picture, and glue. So that first step, that focus step, is exactly what I talked about in the very beginning, and that is actually listen to the person, focus, when they introduce themselves so that you hear their name, so that you're not paying attention to something else. When you're walking up to a person you're about to meet for the first time, keep asking yourself, what is their name? What is their name? What is their name? What is their name? And think about nothing else but that until you hear their name and you've internalized it. The second step now, after you've heard their name, you want to find a file, a place to take that memory that you just took out of the air. You want to have a file, a place to put it. And that file is going to be something on their face. Because what better file than a person's face, right? Every single time you walk up to that person, you're going to see their face. 
So if you've taken their name and you've attached it to something on their face, you filed it away in their bushy eyebrows or their giant ears or their weird poofy hair or a tattoo on their neck or a scar under their eye, if you filed the memory there, then it'll always be sitting there waiting for you every time you meet this person because most people's faces don't change. So after you've focused and you've heard their name, the next thing you want to do is look at their face and find the very first thing that stands out to you, the very first thing that's different about this person's face. And it doesn't have to be crazy, you know, like a scar like I mentioned earlier. It can just be the color of their eyes or maybe the way that their nose moves or like their lips, the size of their lips, maybe the shape of their chin, any kind of subtle thing, just the first thing you notice is the most important. It doesn't matter what that thing is. So that is your file. That is where you're going to stick their name. The next thing you want to do is create a picture for their name. So for me, I like to think of words that rhyme or are spelt similar or just the first thing I think of. So like Steve, I would think of stove. Morgan, I would think of Oregon. Cindy is windy. Matt is like a doormat. Karen is a carrot. Aaron is an arrow, like a from like a bow and arrow. And once you've done that, once you've created that picture, then you take that file, that thing that stood out on their face, and you take that picture, you know, Aaron, Stove, Oregon, Wendy, something that rhymes with their name or reminds you of their name, and you glue those two things together with a story or a visualization. So if I meet Cindy and she's got these bushy eyebrows, that's the first thing I notice, you know, they kind of poke up out of the top of her eye and it's a little bit distracting. Then I'll take that picture, you know, Cindy is the word Wendy, and I might imagine her eyebrows flowing back and forth in the wind and maybe some flowing off of her eyebrow and hitting me in the forehead. Giant, exaggerated, bushy, four-inch eyebrows blowing in the wind. You know, you want to make it a strong, memorable picture. Maybe you meet somebody named Aaron, you know, and Aaron, the first thing I noticed about his was his bright blue eyes. He didn't have any other feature that stood out to me. But my picture for Aaron is an arrow, so I might imagine taking an arrow and just shoving it in his eye and blood coming out, and it's gross, and he's screaming. And every time I see Cindy, or every time I see Aaron, I'm going to notice the bright blue eyes, and I'm going to remember that arrow sticking out of his head, because it was such an amazing picture. And I'll remember Arrow. Arrow, what is Arrow? All right, Aaron. Hey, Aaron, how's it going? So these stories can be crazy, they can be offensive, they can be very personal. You know, you don't share these with anybody. The whole point is to take that name and glue it to the first thing that you notice on their face so that when you see them a couple weeks from now or a month from now or a year from now or tomorrow, you notice that filing cabinet, that place on their face, you instantly remember that story because it was so memorable and visual and graphic, and that story reminds you of this word and that word reminds you of their name, and then you no longer forget people's names anymore. So these pictures that I described earlier, like Aaron and Arrow, Steve and Stove, Morgan and Oregon. You don't necessarily need to take a Saturday and just sit down and think of pictures, but every time you meet somebody, just take a second to try to turn their name into a picture, and eventually, you're gonna be able to do that really, really quickly, because a lot of people you meet are gonna have the same name, and you'll be able to use the same picture for every single person that has the same name. Steve will always be stove for the rest of my life. You know, Matt will always be a doormat for the rest of my life. Cindy will be Wendy for the rest of my life. Once I have a picture, 
I use that same picture forever and I never need to think of another one again. So being able to quickly glue that picture to whatever feature stands out on their face becomes faster every time as well. So the next time you're at a conference or you're starting a new job or you're going to the cafe they always go to or buying groceries or you're at a sporting event or whatever, try to memorize people's names. You'll get faster and faster. It becomes really, really fun. And people are going to love you because you actually know their name. It makes a surprising impact on how people feel about you and how you feel about yourself. I mean, it'll make you have a lot more fun in social situations. So again, the four steps for remembering people's names. Focus on their name when you meet them. Actually listen for their name and remember it. File, find something interesting on their face. That is the place that you're going to file that name. Think of a picture for their name, it could be a word that rhymes with it or just the first thing you think of. And finally, glue that picture to that file on their face, that feature that stands out, so that the next time you see them, you remember that picture, that crazy story that you created, and you'll never forget their name again. I've included one of Ron White's talks in the show notes. He's a great public speaker. Um, you can find the show notes for this week's episode at healthyhacker.com slash 14. And if you have a question or comment or something we can share on the show, send me a voicemail at healthyhacker.com slash voicemail. <laughs>